Okay, <clears throat> I'm going to thank all of you for being here this morning, and uh, I know we're short on a number of people, but you know, uh, as I, I was listening to uh, a news report here a few days ago, and it was a religious program. It was some preachers and so forth that were talking and discussing something. And you know, they said, in a survey and looking and talking and everything and, and, and taking account that COVID, right after COVID, or right before they said there is, uh, since COVID, about 25 million people have, have, have dropped out of church. You know, that's, that, and you know, that's something I never have understood. When you got a problem, run to God, not away from Him. And uh, just like this song that we sung this morning, God on the Mountain. I love that song. That song has a real message to it. God on the Mountain. What is on the Mountain? That's in your high times when everything is wonderful, going great. The valleys, that's the low places in life. When things seem to be coming against you and nothing seems like it's for you. Well, just like that song says, that God on the mountain, he's still God in the valley. And this is when we need to put our hope, our faith, and our trust in God. Too many people, when there's a little something goes wrong, they want to blame God. Instead of coming to God and saying, God, I know you can take care of this. Uh, and so, but anyway, that song, like I said, I was thinking about that sitting there. And uh, I got April text me last night and she has a friend in Waco and uh, I don't know what age of man he is or anything but he's been diagnosed with bladder cancer and he's raising his grandchildren and uh, he said he'd like to talk to me well I, I texted him this morning and uh, told him that I would call him after church and talk with him and if it's if he wants to, or if it comes to that point, I will drive to Waco and see him. To anoint him with oil, to pray over him, this is going to be up to him. But I, I thank God for the opportunity that he has given me to talk to people, to lay hands on people, and to pray over them. I've seen God do a lot of mighty things. And y'all have too. You've seen God's work. You see how he works. And uh, also, uh, I've told you before, we got a man here at church named Bucky Bruner. We call him Bucky. His name is Ambrose, so that's why they call him Bucky. And uh, he has been diagnosed with stomach cancer. And Robbie called him this morning, and he said he's going to be out of church for a while. I'm trying to find out where the man lives. I know he lives back over here in Midway somewhere. But I'm not... And so I'm gonna, I've been trying to call him and he won't answer his phone. So uh, anyway, I'm gonna, uh, Bucky told him I'd be calling him so, to pick up his phone. So he said, okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him and talk to him, see about going and seeing him. But you know, we need to keep our people in prayer. Well, they're our friends, they're, you know, they're our brother and our sister in Christ. And we should care about what they're going through and what's happening. And uh, so, uh, 
I've got some things planned that I've got to do, and I just pray that whatever it is that I have to do, that God will receive the glory out of it. And uh, I don't look for glory or anything like that. I just look to be a servant of God. And uh, that's the way it works out best. God, you're first. You're first, God. And uh, also this morning, I will be doing a baptism. And it's my granddaughter. I'm very proud to be doing this. She was saved a few years back, but she just never been baptized. And so I have the honor of baptizing her today. And I'm very thankful. You know, when, when y'all see her, y'all gonna see how beautiful she is. And I want y'all to know she takes after her papa. So, but I, like I said, it is a real pleasure. I'm so happy that I'm getting to do this. It means a lot to me. And uh, I know she loves the Lord with all her heart, mind, soul, and strength. So that makes it even better, knowing that, that her relationship with God is on good, stable ground. And uh, her mama and them, they've kept her that way. So, uh, you know, we as parents, get your kids in church. They're going to grow up. If you don't teach them about God, somebody's going to teach them about Satan. So you need to let them know about God, His love, and what He wants to do in their life. And uh, like I was speaking a while ago, on God on the mountain, my sermon this morning, it kind of relates to that. You know, there's times in our life are real good. And then there's times in our life when it seems like our life is falling apart. And we all gonna go through it. There's gonna be those times, those down times, there's gonna be those valley times. You know, even the Bible tells us Satan is as a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. And that's the truth. Even Jesus told us in John 10, 10, he said, for Satan comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. See, that's his only job. To kill, steal, and destroy to kill any Christian, to destroy their faith and their hope, and to destroy any faith that they might have. That's his job. That's what, he's, that's what he wants to do. And you know, if he can get a hold of your kids, that's even more power to him. That'll make you hate God over anything, is touch somebody's child. So that's why we need to teach our children who Jesus is, who God is, and what he wants to do in their life. And so this sermon I got this morning, as I was looking through the Bible, I, 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 I read it a number of times, but I said, you know, this here fits exactly to what people's going to need. When you're going on your down times, you're in the valley times, God tells us how to handle this, what to do. And really, the main thing is putting our faith and our trust in God and believing in Him. And uh, it's like I said, there are times in our life when it seems like we sit there, oh God, what am I going to do? You know what's coming against me. Lord, how do I handle this? Well, first of all, I want to tell you one thing. You're doing the right thing. You're going to the right person. You're going to the right person. 
God can handle anything that comes up in your life. I don't care what it is, He can handle it. You know, as the Bible says, believe in God, have faith in Him, and don't doubt, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible for you or for God. And uh, I wanted to, my, my, my sermon today, it's going to be short, but I'm going to get to the point. Uh, it's, a, it, it's about, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you all a man, he's a king, king of Jerusalem. He's feeling just like you did, or like you feel right now when everything's coming against you. And his name is Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. Now Hezekiah was a godly king. He loved the Lord. And uh, during the days of Hezekiah, Syria, or as the Bible calls it, Assyria, they were probably one of the most powerful, or probably the most powerful nation on the earth. Syria is also, this king, his name is Sennacherib. And he lived and reigned in Nineveh. Now, y'all heard of Nineveh. See, that's where God was going to send Jonah. And Jonah didn't want to go. Because he didn't like he didn't like Samarcarum, he didn't like uh, Nineveh, because they were very ungodly people and they were very hostile toward Israel. And Jonah didn't want to go, and that's when he tried to run from God and got swallowed by the whale. But this Samarcarum, Syria, is out of Nineveh, and uh, they were going about trying to conquer the world. And like I said, they had one, they had the most powerful army in the world. And uh, they had already captured some of Israel, some of the northern part of Israel. Jerusalem was the southern part of Israel. And, uh, and some of the other smaller, you know, cities of Israel around them. And uh, <clears throat> they were now, had come to Jerusalem. And they were demanding that those in Jerusalem, you either surrender or you die. That was their choice. That's who. That's, that's the choice they was given. Jerusalem is surrender or die. And, and and you know, of course, Jerusalem knew the power that they'd had. They'd heard all about these armies and the things that that uh, Syria was capable of. And they too was probably one of the most cruel nations when it comes to captivity. When they took a captive. They treated that captive every which way. They were one of the cruelest people there were. And uh, when the Assyrians come to Jerusalem, as they stood outside the walls of Jerusalem, they shouted to the people on the inside. L listen here. This is in Isaiah 36, 18. This is what they are hollering at and telling the, the inhabitants of in Jerusalem. They said, Beware that Hezekiah doesn't persuade you in saying that the Lord will deliver you. And then they ask a question. They said, has any of the gods of the other nations delivered them out of that land, out of that land of the hand of the king of Assyria? No, they hadn't. They hadn't. What, so what did Hezekiah do? What did he do? What was he thinking? Was he, he was thinking, should I surrender and save some of my people? Or should I fight him? Knowing he'd lose a lot of people. Well, behind Hezekiah being a godly king did what he should do. 
he did what we should do. Whenever we face a great problem, what we should do, just like Hezekiah, he called upon his God. He called upon God. And I'm going to read here. This is, this is Isaiah chapter 37, verses 14 through 20. This is saying a lot, so please listen. And Hezekiah received a letter from the hand of the messengers. Sennacherib had sent Hezekiah a letter. He, had, he, he received a letter from the hand of the messenger, messengers of Assyria, and he read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord. He went up into the temple. And he spread it out before God. He took the letter the Syrians had sent him. And we're going to see what some of it, what he says here in a minute. But as he was praying, he said, God, this is what Sennacherib is saying about you. Now, how do you, what do you say about this letter? Are you, how do you handle this letter? Hezekiah took and spread the letter out. He wanted God to read it. Of course, God already knew what the letter said. But Hezekiah said, God, this is what Hezekiah is saying. And I want to know what you say about it. And in verse 15, Hezekiah prayed unto the Lord, saying, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, saying, O Lord of hosts and God of Israel that dwells between the cherubims, you are the God. You're not just any God. You're the God, the only God, the living God. And then he says, even you alone, only you, you're the only God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and you have made earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, or bend down, listen to what I'm saying. And Lord, hear. Lord, please open your eyes and see. See what this letter says. Seeing what the enemy is saying about you. And then hear all the words of Sennacherib, who he has sent to come against the living God. He come to defeat the living God. Now we know right now, before we ever go any further, there is no power that's stronger than God. Nobody's going to defeat God. Everything we've read in the Bible, all the way from Genesis to Revelations, God wins. He's always going to win. And it says, and this is, this is still uh, Hezekiah talking, he said, It is true, Lord, the king of Assyria has laid to waste, or he has took under captive all nations and their countries. And he has cast their gods into the fire. He destroyed their gods. But the work, but these gods were not gods. They were the work of man's hand. They were wood and stone. Therefore, they were able to destroy him. Now therefore, O Lord, our God, save us from the hand so that all kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord and you only. There is no other God. There is no other Lord. You are the only God, the true, the living God. You are our hope. 
You are our only hope. And you know, many times God is our only hope. And just as, just as Hezekiah was praying, he knew that, that God was going to have to step in. He was going to have to save this. Many of you, whenever you get bad news and things start coming against you, take that bad news, get by yourself, take it, spread it out on the floor, kneel before it and say, God, this has come against me. You are my God. I love you. I serve you. I trust in you. And I'm asking you to take care of this situation. I'm going to tell you what God will do. I'm going to tell you something I did this one time. I got into a situation that God needed to step in. I sat down at my desk and I wrote out a letter. And I said, God, this is what Satan is telling me. This is what Satan is saying. Now, what do you say about it? And I listed all the things that was coming against me, what was going on. I spread that out before God. I prostrated myself on that floor. I had tears. And I was praying with God. Telling him about that letter. Well, God already knew what the letter said. I said, God, I'm turning to you. You're the only one I know of that I can trust to do this for me and you know I prayed and within within two weeks everything that I wrote down had been taken care of everything God stepped in God stepped up God took care of things see I put my faith and I put my trust in God to handle it to do it I knew I couldn't but I knew God could you know, when you have faith in God and you trust in God, God will turn your life totally and completely around. You have, you, I've probably, ever since that time, I've had a much closer walk with God. I feel like there are many times I'm down in my office. Sometimes I'll be down there for hours working on a sermon, reading, praying, asking God, what do you want? What, what can I do to draw your people closer to you? What can I say? And sometimes I'll have to go down there 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. It might be 3 or 4 o'clock in the evening before I come back up. I'm spending time with God. And God's spending time with me. That's what makes it so wonderful. I know He's there. Have you ever been in that position where you just knew that you was down somewhere and you were not alone? That you could feel the very presence of God with you. You knew He was hearing you. You knew He was listening to you. And you know, that changes your hope. That changes your hope. You know, God, if you're listening, I know you're going to do something. I know you're hearing me. Go to God when you have something in terror. Just like Hezekiah here. He was fixing to be attacked. He knew that, that, that he didn't have an army to defeat these people. He knew there was only one way and that God was going to have to do it. There's probably some of you in here, there's only one way and God's going to do it. You put your faith in God, you trust in God, you say, God, I put it in your hands. When you do that, put it in God's hands and leave it. Don't try to take it away from God. Let Him take care of it. 
Too many of us want to take it back. Well, God, I don't know if you can handle this or not. Maybe I ought to do it. Well, that's one of the biggest mistakes we can make right there. I've tried it. I know it don't work. It don't work. Let God have it. You know, I've heard that old saying. I think I probably used it before. That's kind of like when you give God something, let him have it. When you set your trash out, don't run after the garbage truck trying to get your trash back. Let them have it. You don't need it. You don't need the problems. Anyway, like Hezekiah, he laid his problems out before God. He showed God, God, this is what's happening. You know already what's happening. And God, I'm having to call up on you. I'm trusting you, God, because... You know that I can't do it, and you know that I don't have an army big enough to defeat this enemy. See, the Syrians didn't believe in God. They were God's enemy too. And Hezekiah prayed, and as he prayed, he did something every one of us ought to do when we pray. He exalted God already, thanking Him for what He was going to do before He ever saw it happen. He knew that God was listening. He knew that God had heard it. And he knew that God was going to take care of it. Can you imagine the feeling that Hezekiah probably had with knowing that, oh, I'll tell you what, God's got this now. I don't even have to worry about it. So, well then, okay, well how did God respond to Hezekiah's prayer? What did God do? What did God do? How did he handle it? Listen, in Isaiah 37, 36 through 37, it's going to tell us, and uh, Isaiah was praying to God too. And I, I, God told Isaiah to tell Hezekiah something. I didn't write it down nothing, but I read this. He said, you tell Hezekiah, Sennacherib will not enter his city, and he will not shoot an arrow into your city. He's telling him, the Sennacherib will not come into your city. He will not shoot an arrow into that city. Your people are safe. Now listen. Isaiah 37, 36 through 37. Then the angel of the Lord went forth, sent his angel into this battle. One angel. And it smote the camp of the Syrians. One angel. Listen, what he said. Listen to how many people, how many soldiers this one angel took care of. It said, He smote the camp of the Syrians, a hundred and four score and five thousand. That is a hundred and eighty-five thousand soldiers. That one angel took care and took out a hundred and eighty-five thousand Assyrian soldiers. And then it went on and said, And when Sennacherib arose early the next morning, behold, there were all dead corpses. Then Sennacherib, king of Syria, left and returned. He never came back to Israel. He never bothered Israel again. And God still went through with Sennacherib. When Sennacherib got home, Sennacherib went into his temple to pray to his God which was not a god, wood and stone, what happens? Sennacherib had two sons. 
And Sennacherib was knelt down praying to his false god. His two sons come in with swords and slayed Sennacherib. He, they killed their own father. They killed Sennacherib. And then the sons took off. And that don't tell us anything about what happened to the sons or anything else. But see, God has a way of taking care of his people. He has a way of handling the people who don't believe. They come against his believers. They come against his people. They're trying to destroy them or hurt them. God's hand of protection is up on you because you belong to God. If you belong to God and you've got things coming into your life right now that looks like, Lord God, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? Sit down. Write out on a piece of paper exactly what you're going through, what you need God to do. And then lay spread that out before God. Say, God, this is what the enemy is saying. But God, I want to know what you're saying. I want to know how you feel about it. And pray these things for God's hand of protection to be on, and for all, that, all this stuff will disappear. God will remove it. You won't even have to go through it. See, Jerusalem didn't have to go through a battle. They didn't have to go through anything. God went through the battle for them. And God will go through the battle for you. You know, this is just, the, 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 the scriptures over here are showing that God can take care of all our problems if we'll just trust in Him and let Him. Many of us don't even ask God to help us. Oh, it'll work out some way. The devil says, yeah, that's the way you look at it. It'll work out some way. I'll take care of it for you. That's about what's going to happen. Look at Psalms 4610. See what this is saying. And this ought to fit every one of us. Psalms 4610 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among all the nations. Every nation at one time is going to bow down to God. Every nation is going to bow down and they are going to claim that God is God. They're going to, even Satan is going to bow down and claim and acknowledge God as being God. The whole world will at one time. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the there's not going to be a place on this earth that God is not going to be exalted or praised. It says, be still. What does be still mean? What's God telling us? He's telling us to stop worrying, stop fretting, and just trust God instead. That's being still. That's not being anxious, worrying, fretting, going on about what's going to happen. God, you've got it. And that's it. You just start thanking God for what He's doing and how He's going to handle things. Although you don't know how He's going to handle but He's going to show up or you're going to say, God, I know you're handling it. I know this was you, God. There's no doubt in my mind. So if you're going through things, let God have it. Give it to God. Trust God. And He'll take care of it. Hezekiah could have tried to solve this problem all by himself. But instead, he did what he was supposed to do. He prayed, and to, he prayed to God and waited and trusted in Him for help. 
Sometimes we want to get too anxious and run, try to run ahead of God and do some things ourselves when all you're really doing is messing things up from what God had planned. It's just going to take him a little longer to do it is all. And I'm going to close with this last scripture. Listen to it. It's very important. And this is something you ought to get in your heart. This is in 2 Chronicles 20, 15. This says the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed. Dismayed. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your hope. By reason of this great problem that you're going through. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Just as God took that battle, God's going to take your battle and take care of you. Can you have that faith? Can you trust? Can you believe what God is saying? Many times, God, I can't do this, but Lord, I know you can. I'm giving it to you. Then I turn, I walk away. But I'm not going to try to take it from God after I ask Him to take it. God will take any situation you're in, whatever you're going through, you're in a valley right now, but when God gets through, you're going to be as high on that mountain as you can get. God's going to see to that. Trust God. Pray to God. Have hope. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Just say, God, I'm thanking you right now that you're taking care of this. I'm not even going to have to worry about it. I'm not even going to have to worry about it because it's yours. The battle is now yours. I can't win this battle, but you can so I want to thank y'all for being here. I want to thank you for listening to this. And the person that this is for knows who it's for. This is a person, a people that I love. And I don't want them to see them have to go through some things. And I want them to know that they can trust God, they can believe in God, and God's going to hear them. Because I happen to know this is a very godly family. They love God, they believe in God, and I know they trust in God. <coughs> so I put this here together just strictly for anybody that will hear it especially for this family for what they're going through right now and I want to tell you family right now the battle is God's and he's already winning it so just say yes thank y'all alright we are going to have a baptism I say, my beautiful granddaughter, I get to baptize her today. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm glad that she asked if I would do it. And uh, she is in college. She's going to Texas Tech. She's going to be a veterinarian. She's uh, going to, I think, small animals. I don't think she's going to fool these big things. She's too little. And But anyway, she is doing great. God has blessed her. He has given her the brain to take care of shit. <laughs> Get after me. And uh, but you know, she is doing very well, and God is blessing her to no end. And I give God thanks constantly for her and for my other grandchildren. I've got two, Cole and Ellie. Cole's here too. He's over here in the blue shirt. And uh, you know, God blessed us with. Her. My daughter could not have children. So we prayed. Somehow we ended up with two. 
But we're very thankful to God because he blessed us with two great, great grandkids. They're just wonderful. And we love them to death. And uh, so as uh, y'all go on back and start changing, I'll go over here and change. We'll come up and they'll play a song or two, whatever it takes. And uh, so uh, I'm going to go back here and change clothes. And again, thank y'all so much for listening. But this was something so on my heart, I just wanted to share it with all of you. And that the family knows who it's for. And I hope, I hope each one of you receive this in your own heart. That when something comes against you, trust God. He can take care of you.